we, we've not lived through something like this. So we have this bias that everything's going to be okay, that the worst things can't happen, uh, that they couldn't happen here, they couldn't happen now, they couldn't happen to me. The problem is they can happen here, they can happen now, and they can happen to you. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original Uncloseted Conservative. Thanks so much for joining us no matter where you're uh, consuming this. YouTube, Twitter, Getter, uh, Facebook. I almost said Twitch. I don't have Twitch, guys. Well, I have a Twitch account. I just don't stream onto Twitch. However you're consuming this, thank you. I hope you're consuming this on Rumble. Rumble is my absolute favorite favorite of the streaming platform. So make sure that you subscribe to the show over there. Uh, and of course, my podcast subscribers, my longest uh, listeners, my my uh, closest fans are, are the podcast subscribers and even those podcast subscribers that are subscribed uh, over on Locals. But before we get into uh, all that, let's get into this. The DJ Mobley Show is presented by Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack. Make your immune system clean, resilient, and resistant. Guys, your immune system can be weakened by over 300 different immunodeficiency disorders, poor diet, lack of sleep, and adverse reactions to various vaccines. Z-Stack offers a range of supplements to support your immune system, whether you're a child or an adult. Guys, Z, Dr. Z sourced clean and healthy ingredients to bring you some of the best supplements available, essentials like zinc, quercetin, vitamin C, and vitamin D. Z-Stack vitamins are kosher, they're GMP certified, and they're made right here in the USA, not shipped over from China. None of that. Guys, go to djomobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack. Use promo code MOBLY at checkout for the best savings. Protect and promote your immune system uh, today with Z-Stack products, guys, thejomobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack. That's the website. Use promo code Mobley. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y, thejomobleyshow.com slash Z-Stack. All right. So today, a uh, little bit of a different kind of episode. Um, let's Let's get some things moved around here. Yeah, today's a, a little bit of a different kind of episode, uh, like you saw uh, in the write-up where we're talking about some of those, uh, what are referred to as as the higher things, uh, higher order things, um, not necessarily just politics and, and uh, you know, the issues of the day. But of course, we, we will be getting into what's uh, considered... Uh, politics and the the issue of the day, but really from a different perspective, because 
the the big picture, and we've we've spoken about it before. We'll speak about it again. The big picture and the thing that keeps happening is there's this assault on objectivity. There's this assault on on good things, on truth, beauty, love, God. It, it's been consistent through the ages, and it is really bubbling up in quite amazing ways right now here in the United States and in the Western civilized world. Uh, we seem to be ground zero for um, for this type of uh, cultural uprising and this rejection of truth, beauty, love, objectivity, God, uh, all of that stuff. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're getting away from politics just a little bit, but not really because it's all really uh, interrelated. Uh, so let's uh, get into it. All right. So uh as as we kind of break into these things, um, you know, many of you are probably wondering why? Why why waste the time on it? Why I, I don't consider it a waste of time, uh, but why speak about it at all? Uh, you know, you know, obviously I am I am uh, you know. The worst of the a straight black Christian male. I, I'm almost the worst of the worst. If I were white, that would be the worst of the worst. Straight white Christian male is the worst thing you can be. Uh, I'm straight black Christian male, uh, married, father, veteran, all that jazz. Uh, the reason that we're speaking about this today uh, is kind of it's kind of you know got at in this uh, this verse here. This is First Corinthians thirteen. 11 that reads, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Uh, I also like the the translation that says, I put childish things behind me. Um, that's why we're talking about this. You, you actually have a responsibility as an adult. Uh, you know, so many Christians out there see the transition to adulthood is really marriage. And what they have in their mind is, you know, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. They kind of have that imagery in their head. And yeah, that's true. The The problem with that thinking and that, that pigeonholing is, as an adult, as an unmarried adult, you still have an, a, a critical role in our society. Uh, and you guys know I, I hate feminism with a deep passion. So I'll take it a step further and say, as an adult male, as a man, um, you know, the big question: What is a woman? What is a man? A man is an adult human male. Uh, so as as a man, you you even have more of a responsibility, kind of a civic duty, to help maintain order in a society. That's that's what this is about that's that's what this hebrews uh 13:11 is an, is about when you i i remember being in college and um i remember being in college and my prayer leader at the time at liberty university was an awesome dude his name was Trey Huntley um and i think we're friends on facebook uh but maybe not so hey Trey if you're out there shout out to you man uh but he was going through this he was taking the the guys in the study through this image of imagining a cute little baby um 
and yeah, you you can you can do that now. You know, imagine a baby in a crib, and you know you've got like the pudgy cheeks and the little tuft of hair and and the little onesie and all that stuff, and it and it seems right and proper. Maybe there's a rattle. Uh, maybe there's a pink or blue blanket. Maybe that's what you're imagining. And it, it just kind of looks picture perfect uh, because that is right. That is how it ought to be. This is this is a baby in baby clothes, in a baby's environment, in a baby's bed, uh, doing little baby things. Maybe the baby's sleeping. Maybe the baby's playing with little toys, whatever. But if you imagine that same scenario and don't change any of the dimensions. The crib's the same size, the clo- whatever. That same scenario, but with a grown man instead being in the crib, kind of spilling out over it, kind of, you know, kind of doofy looking. It, 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 it's not quite right. This isn't what a man ought to be doing. And an adult woman as well. This isn't what a woman ought to be doing. Uh, he or she ought to be out in the world, out influencing and participating in society, uh, making a difference, pursuing their passions, um, developing community and relationships with other people. That's what the adult man or woman should do when when you're when you're kind of out of the game. And a lot of Christians do this, and I harp on on you guys the most because I am you guys. When we take ourselves out of the game, we're, we're what I call a baby Christian. You know, like, when are you going to start doing it for real? When are you going to start having hard conversations with people? When are you going to start pushing back against, against wokeism? Because wokeism, woke Jesus is a joke for a reason. Great Instagram uh, handle to follow, by the way, with Jesus. Because Jesus is not woke. He wasn't a socialist. Uh, he believes in truth, beauty, love, justice. Uh, he believes in 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 you know righteous anger in war, uh, you know, and he engages in all of those things, in all of those things, and and we we can get into the Trinity conversation, uh, you know, another time, another place, maybe later uh, in this episode. But the thing that you got to understand is, as an adult, and I'm I'm. I guess I kind of market myself to adults. I don't necessarily say this is a a kid-friendly show. It's family-friendly, sure, but it's not marketed for children. This is really for adults. Your place is not in the crib with the little rattle and diapers and the onesie and all that stuff. That's not how it ought to be. That's where this comes in. That's where uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 comes in. It's right for a child to think like a child, to, to speak like a child. Uh, to reason like a child, it is not right for you. And, you know, so what? You might not be the most talented, the most brilliant philosopher uh, in your neighborhood. That's fine. You should still be aware of basic fallacies. You should still be aware of a logic set. A plus B equals C. You know, if, if this, then that. If not this, not necessarily not that. You, you should be aware of those things. You should be able to kind of fight your way out of some of these really simple fallacies. And that's how we have stuff like the 1619 Project. That's how we have stuff like this anti-civil rights, civil rights movement. It, it, it's a second civil rights movement in air quotes, but it's actually anti-civil rights. It's actually the opposite of what uh, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, fought for and, and ultimately gave his life for. But you're not able to see it 
And if you are, you're not able to articulate it because you are still speaking and thinking and reasoning like a child. And that's why we're having the conversation that we're having today. So what do we need to do about it? We need to do a lot of things about it. Um, We need to be aware of ourselves, aware of our actions, aware of the things that we do, why we do them, how we do them. Um, Let me pull this over here. Uh, There we go. Yeah, so we need to we need to be aware of these things. We need to to really be introspective and work on ourselves for the betterment of society. That that's something that we just have a responsibility to do. Uh, but it's hard. I get that. I realize that. But it it, it doesn't abdicate our responsibility. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one of the first things that we have to do when we get into this, before we get into more of the the philosophical end of it, is is dealing with the the personal aspect of it. So the personal aspect of it is, you know, whether you're a believer or not, this is this is applicable to you. This, this is true. This is an objective fact. Um, and and before that, also, whether you're a believer or not, I just challenge everyone to read the book of Proverbs, maybe read one proverb a day. Uh, Proverbs, Proverbs in the Bible is literally, it's just wisdom. And, and there, there's some, you know, there's some doctrine to get into about wisdom personified and, and how that presents in the beginning, you know, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God, um, you know, and uh, that whole deal, uh, which where John is a very rich book that we're not getting into. I I think uh, some of the most challenging uh, theology and uh, some of the most challenging questions come out of Revelation and John. Uh, and then so many of the answers come out of Genesis. But, you know, people don't want to read the books, don't want to talk about it. Uh, but I, I sincerely challenge you, no matter where you are in life, you know, just commit for the next little bit to read Proverbs. I don't care if you don't even buy a Bible. If you just get, they have standalone book Proverbs. It's just Proverbs uh, out of the Bible. I don't care if it has the chapters and the verses. Just read that stuff because it, it's it's such good information just for good and righteous living. You know, if you do this, your life will be better. If you do this, your life will be worse. Uh, that that's what it's all about. You know, that's that's where you know we got on our Dave Ramsey journey because of the you know basically because of a borrower being a fool, because uh, the borrower is slave to the lender, uh, because every instance of debt in the Bible is immediately tied to foolishness. Uh, but anyway, not I'm not going to Dave Ramsey, you guys, not today. But I do, I do challenge you to read Proverbs. But even more personally than that, um, when when we're when we're talking about building up good habits, when when we're on our way, um, 
uh, us when we're on our way to building good habits. Oh, why is this one not up here? Let me type it in. One, 14 and 15. Boom, we'll do that one. When we're on our way to building good habits, there are things in us that we don't like that we need to deal with. And that's just part of being an adult. So, um, you know, if, if we take, if we take on what I gave at the beginning, you know, casting off childhood when I was a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish things behind me. I did away with that. And I have a new responsibility. When I became a woman, not that a, a man can become a woman, but for you ladies out there, when you became a woman, when you became an adult female human, you have to put those childish things behind you. Um, so that's that's what we're getting at here. And one of those things, very, very uncomfortable, uh, you know, subject here, very uncomfortable to deal with. But again, being an adult, putting childish things uh, behind you. We have one of the first things that you run into, which is bad behavior, which is internal to us. It's it's not coming from external. It's coming from inside you. That That's where that comes from. Uh, that It's coming from inside me. That's, that's where that comes from. It's, it's not it's, you know, if you read the verse just before this, it's not you being tempted by God, but what is actually happening here is James 1, 14 and 15, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown gives birth to death. This is what we call the sin cycle. Okay. You're Hey, say you're not a religious person and you're not here for that. This is what we call the bad habits, the bad behaviors cycle. And these bad behaviors, you know, you reap what you sow. You sow these seeds of bad behaviors, of bad decisions, um, all the way from mountainous amounts of debt to promiscuity to, you know, we have this big abortion debate. And the, the whole thing with the abortion debate is, that decision point comes out of typically comes out of consensual decisions that adults, teens, whatever are making, and they don't want to deal with the consequences of those actions. This is just like Proverbs, you know, the Bible's filled with the two stories, the warnings and the examples. The warning, don't do this. The example, do that, do what they did. This is how your life will suffer if you do this. This is how your life will prosper if you do these other things. Um, that's that's what that's about. Hey, Alicia in the chat, I see uh, your comment there. I don't know why that just popped up. Uh, it says it's from a little while ago, uh, but thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, so this is... This is what we call the sin cycle. And, and you got to realize that these behaviors um, or the bad behavior cycle, whatever you want to call it, things that aren't fruitful for you, things that don't serve you well, things that don't result in your life being better, but result in your life being worse. 
I just realized that I'm not interviewing anyone and I have my uh, headphones in. I can't hear anything. Oh, well, they're in now. I'm not going to... What am I going to look like a crazy person? Just take them out and then the video will be half in, half out. Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, but hey, I guess I can hear like the relay of myself. But anyway, I digress. When, when we're looking at this verse and when we're, we're trying to put on... What we're trying to do is put on our big girl panties, our big boy pants, or well, underwear, our big boy underwear... We, we need to understand, okay, one, I have responsibilities as an adult. I have things that I am responsible for as an adult. One of those things is a higher order of reasoning. I can no longer, it's not acceptable for me to think and reason like a child. That's why we're in this mess. That's why culture is falling apart at the seams. That's why the nation is falling apart at the seams. We've always had political ideological differences. That's fine. That type of diversity is great. And it, it's what makes the country great. We've never had the amount of stupidity and selfishness and evil intertwined into our cultural differences where we are othering each other and we have these Hitlerian speeches given from sitting presidents of the United States and we've got raids and we've got... We've never had this type of stuff. And it's this societal degradation is because of one, going back to Hebrew or Hebrews, um, going back to first Corinthians, it's, it's because of our unwillingness to take on that, which is adulthood. We have this war on masculinity. Men need to be men, need to be manly need to lead, need to take on societal burdens and stop kicking the can, passing the buck, whatever you want to call it. That's a problem that needs to stop. You're, you're created to take on these burdens, to face these challenges, and to really face them. They suck. And we're going to talk about facing things that suck here in a minute. But that's part of the responsibility. And one of the things that you have to do before you can get to that responsibility is deal with the crap that is in yourself. And it is not, it is not from, excuse my dog, it is not from outside of you. Again, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. The things that you desire are the things that are bad. Could be all kinds of things. Obviously, the top two things that pop up are sex and money. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So stop misquoting that, all of you uh, crazies out there. Um, yeah, but sex and, and the love of money, almost lusting after money even, but that's that evil desire that clings so closely. The Bible says, I think it's in first or second Corinthians, that it, that the sin that clings so closely, that's what we become uh, ensnared by. And it uses the word enticed. Oh, it looks good. People that deal with food addiction know, know about this. People that, um, that basically kind of suffer from binge eating uh, know about this, this uncontrollable urge to eat. 
this is this is an evil desire that you are enticed by. It comes from within you. It comes from inside you. It cleaves so closely. It clings so closely, excuse me. And it tells you this cycle, this sin cycle, or if you want to say bad behavior cycle, whatever, that that desire conceives and gives birth to sin and sin when full grown gives birth to death. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. In order for us to get on the right track, in order for us to be able to do the thing that we were put here for, for us to be that those guardians of liberty, those guardians of freedom for our posterity, that, that part's not for ourselves. That is for those who come after us. That, that's why we stand watch that we are the guardians of, of liberty. For us to do that, we need to be reasoning like adults. We need to be adults. We need to act like adults. We need to deal with the things that drag us away, which are our own evil desires, the things that entice us. And we need, we need to stop breeding these bad behaviors. That's what the imagery of this is. You and I, with the things that we do in our lives, we are breeding bad behaviors. Cowardice is a huge one. And you guys know how I feel about cowardice. It is abhorrent and it's something that is plaguing our society. It's something that is plaguing our society in ways that it never has before where we're seeing it in the halls of the Pentagon, our military leaders, not necessarily the men and women on the ground, the people kicking in the doors, the people doing the work. But the leaders are plagued with cowardice. That's how we have situations like Benghazi. Americans, we pride ourselves. We pride ourselves on our military power. We pride ourselves on our ability to go anywhere and get anything done. We pride ourselves on never leaving an American behind. Right there in the warrior ethos and the soldier's creed, I will never leave a fallen comrade. You never leave someone behind. And we have the nonsense that went on in Benghazi and then the leadership lied about it. Military leadership, Department of State leadership, the president of the United States lying about it. And there's never been accountability. And it's not something that, oh, that's just a one-off. We have the Afghanistan pullout. That is because of cowardice. That is because of mismanagement. That is because of our evil desires that entice us that we are dragged away by. And there seems to have been one military leader, uh, Marine Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, uh, who I believe is, is uh, dishonorably discharged at this time. One of the only military leaders that I know of that just asked the questions that said, hey, you know, with my experience, with my knowledge, I know that this is wrong. I know that this was improper. You never give up airfields. You never give up ingress and egress routes. You never give up uh, you know, security, security, securing the perimeter, securing the area that you have control of. When you have control of the area, that perimeter security, that security layer that's on the outside or the multiple layers on the outside is the very last thing to get rolled up always. Always. You cannot pull the security out before all assets are either in the air or security are those last assets that get on the plane and get off and then the airfield is given back. 
And there seemed to be just one person not plagued with cowardice that I'm aware of. And he just asked the question, did any of the generals, did any of you people in the situation room, did any of you guys and gals at the Pentagon put your rank on the table and say, I cannot, I cannot abide. I can't, I can't do it. My experience from having worked in the Pentagon, my experience from having been exposed to those very leaders is no. No. All right, so um, we're going to keep rolling with this topic, but I want to kind of break it up for just a moment here um, because this next portion comes from, I was listening to Larry Arn. Uh, Dr. Arn, who's the president of Hillsdale College, he's also a professor. He's he's just a patriot, a brilliant American. Um, but before we talk about, you know, his thoughts, I want to point you guys at. Uh, I want to point you guys to Hillsdale Hill. Ah, gosh, Hillsdale College's uh, website. Uh, so it's Hillsdale.edu is their is their main website. But they've got some stuff. Why is my dog? My dog is insisting on sitting right outside the door while I do uh, this broadcast. But anyway, uh, hey, that's how you know it's live, folks. They're uh, they're dogs and all those things, and maybe he can get edited out a little bit later. Uh, but anyway, on Hillsdale College, they've got a ton of free courses that are available to you. Um, I've taken several of them. I, I really need to go back in and, and retake them. Uh, two of the greatest ones, they, they have one on here. Let's go down here and see if they're down here. C.S. Lewis, American, despite Dante's. Um, let's, do, let's do history. Uh, Rise and Fall of Rome. Oh, that one sounds good. I'm, I'm still not seeing... The ones that I want. Okay, here we go. So they have uh, Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the Constitution. I I took this a number of years ago. I think I was still in the. I think I was still stationed at Fort Sill at the time. Um, but this course is absolutely amazing. I highly recommend it uh, to everyone. It says learn the meaning of the constitution and the principles of American government in this new version of Hillsdale's most popular course. Uh, guys, this is where I, I got the idea that I tell you all the time that our three, you know, our three in one system of government, our, our three headed monster, whatever you want to call it, uh, system of government, works based on means and interests. That idea comes from Larry Arn. That idea comes from this very course that checks and balances work so long as the government has the means and the interest. The means being the ability, the actual lawful statutory power to check uh, other branches of, of law or other branches of government, excuse me, but also the interest. So they're not all on the same social clubs and all on the same drinking uh, uh, you know, drinking groups and cigar clubs and all that nonsense. It's it's like okay, we well we're disinterested in keeping each other accountable. This this is the same idea that your friend wears that inappropriate outfit, but she looks cute in it. But you see another woman in the same thing, and you're like, oh, that's kind of inappropriate. This is kind of a slutty thing to wear. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. you you gave the friend pass to this other person the same outfit. That that's the thing. Congress, the the judiciary, and the executive 
are giving each other the friend pass when things are obviously unconstitutional, when things are obviously supposed to be checked by another branch. They're not because that branch has the means, but they don't have the interest in doing that. Again, that idea comes from uh, this course. Um, highly recommend you guys check it out. They have one on the Federalist Papers as well. Boom, there it is. Um, you know, public policy from a constitutional viewpoint. Uh, that's one that I need to take. Discover the genius of the Constitution. This, this is some of the best scholars in the world available right now, taking you through the Constitution and scrutinizing it through the eyes of the Federalist, which is, which is of course, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and James Madison writing as Publius to, to win over the colonies and ratifying the Constitution. Um, highly recommend that you read the Federalist, maybe even read the Anti-Federalist. Uh, but before you even do that, go to uh, hillsdale.edu and, and take their course on the Federalist. But again, I digress. I'm, I'm sure that this one is under philosophy and religion. I, I need to do their, um, they have a class on Genesis. And I got to do it. I, I really need to do it. Um, but take their introduction to Western philosophy and then this. This is what I was listening to today. Uh, the introduction to Aristotle's ethics. Uh, how to lead a good life, and this is this is a ten part uh, lecture series, and I listened to the final one today, um, and it was really good. Uh, it, so much so that I took out um, what I had for the last half of the show, and I replaced it with this because, again, you know, so many different uh, scholars do these videos. But there, there's something, um, you know, some people define genius as the ability to distill really complex, deep uh, content subjects and, and concepts into the simplest of terms, being able to explain at all levels, at the expert level, the avant-garde expert, professional, uh, say, young adult, collegiate, high school, and then even to a toddler or a, a elementary grade age student. Um, that that true genius is being able to distill these things down to explain to a child. And if you want to test yourself in this, um, try to explain to a five, six, seven, or eight-year-old, a, a child between five and 10, what gravity is or what rain is, why it rains, how it rains, um, you know, why the sky is blue, why the grass is green. If you have a toddler or a young child, you know, they, they ask all these questions and it really challenges your ability, uh, which, which kind of ties into Jordan Peterson's, uh, you know, school of thought that we as humans, we actually do our thinking by talking, which is why I say everyone should start a podcast, but no one listens to me because, well, I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, everyone should start a podcast because we actually think we 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 actually think an abstract by speaking. When you're thinking in your head, you can actually only truly generally uh, think or fortify things that you already understand and understand well, things that you already know and understand well rather. Um, so anyway, uh, Larry Arn again. He closes this out. It's him and some of uh, Hillsdale seniors. Um, in in a class together that they recorded, and they're going over, um, they're going over uh, contemplation and action, uh, book ten of Aristotle's Ethics. And guys, it is so good. It is it's very good. Um, 
So I'll just leave this up here while, again, highly recommend everyone go. It's hillsdale.edu. Click on their free courses. It's right there on the splash page. Um, but anyway, going driving forward, going on with Larry's thought. Uh, he's, uh, and I don't know him. I should call him Dr. Arn, not Larry. Um, uh, he goes by Larry Arn, not, not always Dr. Arn, but it does, you know, he's, he's, he earned it. So Dr. Arn <sighs> is discussing Aristotle's thought about the eternal aspects of, of being. Um, and, and obviously, so there, Aristotle is not a Christian. So there are some doctrinal discrepancies. So theologically, what Aristotle describes as the soul is not the soul. Uh, it's not. I know that. I understand that. So I'm I'm going to speak in a way now from the uh, from the from Aristotle's school of thought. Um, I know what the soul is, the spirit is. There's there's the body and there's the spirit and the soul, and those are three separate entities, um, two of which are um, two of which are not eternal, and one that is eternal. And that that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But speaking, you know, in that Aristotle, in the Aristotle school of thought, um, about the soul, about that eternal thing, and and in book ten of uh, Aristotle's Ethics, he 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 establishes that the soul and the existence of it is permanent. Uh, it is eternal, and he explains it, uh, or, or Doctor Arne explains it this way. He says. You know, whether I do a short time away or a long time away, the experience from other beings is the same. And he describes that experience being, you know, I, I take a week-long trip, maybe a boating trip, uh, and I come home and my dogs are so happy to see me. Um, and they're just over the moon. He walks in and he gets all this love and attention from the dogs. But he also notices that he can just go into class um, you know, spend a couple hours at the office teaching class, you know, stewarding over the, the college, uh, get some lunch and go home. And that adoration from the animals is the same. They're so excited to see him. They're giving him all, all kinds of love and attention. And he's describing that. And Aristotle is describing that experience as the soul. And Larry Arn says, and Aristotle says, as long as there is this type of being, there will be this experience. And that's what the essence of the soul is. Not scripturally. I can hear you typing up the email address, ask at djomobleshow.com. I can hear you typing up those emails. Joe, that is not, you know, what the soul that hangs in eternal damnation. Do not confuse your... Now, listen to the whole thing, okay? If you listen to this and you were confused about me saying what the soul is, that you need to go back to the beginning and stop reasoning like a child. I, I couldn't be more clear to Aristotle, who is not a Christian, who is a philosopher, uh, you know, who is the father of philosophy and and and, you know kind of launched Western thought and the pursuit, you know, kind of leading to the enlightenment and, and where the, the beneficiaries of all of that thought and, and writing and sacrifice. Obviously, he sacrificed his life for the pursuit of truth and his insistence on standing with it, something that the average American doesn't have the courage 
to do this moral courage, this courage of our conviction, convictions. Um, yeah, but so they're describing Larry Arn's de- Larry Arn is describing how that aspect of existence that this as long as this type of being exists, there will be this experience. That is super, super salient to what we're talking about on all things culture. Because there are some of you, and when I talk about why I'm so worried about the things that are going on in the world, about the things that are going on with our society, there are some of you that are still plagued with this fanciful thought. It's this positivity bias. It's this here and now bias. You you were born, you know, after World War II. Um, so it's been kind of easy living, not to say that. Korea was, wasn't hard or Vietnam wasn't hard, but World War II was the, the last big one. Um, so we, we've lived in this time where there haven't been serious depressions. We had the 2008, we had the dot-com bubble. We have not had a Great Depression uh, type thing. We, we haven't had people reusing uh, aluminum foil and reusing... Uh, disposable, otherwise disposable items. We haven't had everyone pouring their their drinks, the little leftovers of the drink at the bottom back into the container to be consumed another time. We, we've not lived through something like this. So we have this bias that everything's going to be okay, that the worst things can't happen, uh, that they couldn't happen here, they couldn't happen now, they couldn't happen to me. The problem is they can happen here, they can happen now, and they can happen to you. Furthermore, they will happen here. They will happen at some point. And if you're alive at that point, they will happen to you. This is true over the arc of history. That's why I'm listening to it in the car and I'm like, man, this is what I'm talking about today. This is what the show is about today. I, I had to scrape out. I had to throw this in because, you know, Aristotle through Larry Arn and explaining his book, Town of the Ethics, is, is saying exactly what I wanted to say here. Throughout the long arc of history, these behaviors have always held true. There have always been self-interested people. There have always been corrupt people, people that are willing to lie, steal, cheat, there have always been people consumed with their own desire. You go back back to Hebrews. With their own evil desire that entices them and they're dragged away and consumed by it, that sin cycle, that behavioral cycle, no matter what you believe, you have experienced this cycle of behavior. You experienced it as a child, uh, you know, stealing, uh, lying, cheating, um, you know, trying to get away with things with your parents and and the cover-up being worse than the crime and trying to keep track of the law. You've experienced that and how it got worse and worse and worse. These things snowball unless you get out in front of it. Then you cut it off at the past. No shame. You might still have some guilt, but no shame. If you're a believer, then, then your sins are forgiven. If you're holding on to guilt or shame, that's just you. Um, but anyway... As long as there is this type of being, a human, people, P 
people like you, people like me, people like everyone that occupies the earth, everyone in the United States right now, there will be the behaviors that have always been. Just like your animal is happy to see you when you come home. That is part of the essence of what it is to be a dog. And it 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 really connects to this higher thought, to this greater thought. It, it really actually does connect to that, guys, because just like his dogs, just that that experience being the same, no matter the period of time, no matter him being gone for a week or a year or just a few hours during the day, that experience is the same. That is true of the human experience. And Aristotle got the terminology wrong, um, you know, calling it the soul. But man, was he on to something because the, the conflict, the war, the plighting, pillaging, the things that went on in his time and before his time and throughout all humanity after his time are still going on today and they will continue to go on and they will occur in every place that there are humans in every place that there are people like us, because that is part of what it is to be human. And you have a responsibility to reason like an adult, to stop being childish, because the child puts the security blanket up and says it can't happen. That part of human existence is over, not here, not now, not to me. You need to come out from under the security blanket and realize that this thing that has always happened the only thing that has happened, will happen, is happening, could happen here now to you. And act accordingly. You have that responsibility. You do. You, that, that is something that you are absolutely uh, responsible for. Um, so a couple of closing thoughts. A couple of closing thoughts. Um, you know, I I had very, very early Bible study today. Um, and and one of my buds, uh Cody, if you're watching this, um, he, he he brings this point up every once in a while, but it's such a good point about politics and culture. And understanding, understanding culture, okay? And it's it's root word cult that you were aware of does doesn't mean anything else but 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 a cult, this this idolatry, this this worship. The real human experience, that thing that is grafted into our soul, that is grafted into us that we cannot get away from is actually culture, which comes from cult, which means worship. You will worship something, period. An atheist worships that, that fact about them. They usually worship something like science, physics, uh, facts, truth, or whatever they're determining truth to be. It is on a pedestal so high that it is properly called worship. Culture is not clothes and music and and you know music and song and traditional things that are culturally significant to a group of people 
or a region or a state or even a nation. That is a lie. That is not, we, we say black culture, uh, you know, uh, New England's got a culture there. The South has a culture. Bible Belt has a culture. No, that is not culture. That Words have meanings and they're important. Uh, and when you screw around with the words, they're being screwed around with on purpose. Culture means worship, the thing that is worshiped. God is the only thing worthy to be worshiped. And if you're not worshiping God, there is no option to abstain from the practice of worship. You are worshiping something, science, math, pursuit of truth, your own power, your job, your status, your social you know, power and influence. You are worshiping something, maybe your spouse, maybe your children, maybe your role as mom or dad. You are worshiping something, period. As long as there is this type of being, you and I, we will worship something. That is what culture is. That's the cult in culture, the thing that is worshiped. And you and I will do it, period. There is no option. There is no way out. There is no way to abstain from it. Uh, so two thoughts, two thoughts to leave you with uh, that are quotes, really. Awesome quotes. Uh, this first one is from Jack London. Um, you know, as you're digesting this episode, as you're figuring out the the what now, um, and I know much of my audience are Christians, and I know much of you aren't. Everything that I've given you, they're they're biblical, scriptural truths. Again, the words there, there's an interplay of words from the Bible that is actually true, and then from from things that are historical sources that create societal norms, specifically, you know, Aristotle or these these uh, quotes and writings that I'm about to give you. Take out the truth from it, okay? Jack London is not a theologian and is not to be worshipped, neither is Tennyson, who's the last one. Um, but anyway, in, in this being an adult, in this being an adult and reasoning like an adult and doing adult things and stopping being a child, um, one of the things that we come to grips with is you know, we're, we're a person, we are going to expire at some point, we're going to experience pain, loss, suffering, and we are going to die. Those are all immutable facts. Sorry. Um, you know, you, there is a way to experience eternal life. It's on the shirt. Jesus is king. You believe that Jesus is the savior. You confess your sins, you repent, which means to turn back, to turn away from the thing that, that, that false thing that you are worshiping and pursuing, turn away from that, turn towards God, um, ask forgiveness, and 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 you can be welcomed into uh, the kingdom of God. Just like that, uh, the only way to the Father is through the Son. Uh, that's it. To know that Jesus is King, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is my Savior and the Lord of my life. That is the way of salvation. It's the only way. Um, yeah. So once you get on the other side of that, there are some responsibilities for living. One of those responsibilities is this. Jack London says, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. All of you believers out there, obviously this kind of evokes 
Um, oh, I forget the reference. Yeah, the reference is not significant. You know, the truth of God's word is significant. It says, uh, uh, who by worrying can add a single moment to their life or a single day to their life? You, you can't. You, you are meant to live your life. Okay, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. Guys, this takes courage. This is what Jack London is writing about. It takes courage. He says, I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them. I shall use my time. No one knows the hour, the day, the moment, the minute that they are going to expire. I don't know. I could have an embolism right now and lights out. It is over. You know, you could go to sleep tonight and not wake up. Use the time that you have. Don't whine and complain about the things that you can't get done and about the status of your bank account and about your role at your job. Use your time. No excuses, no efforts to prolong your, your life. You should live a healthy life, a healthy and you know pursuit of happiness life, eating right and exercising and cultivating deep and meaningful relationships with friends and family and a spouse. Yeah, do all that. But don't don't come with the excuses. No, 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 no. Um, and the so the last thing that I'll leave you with is is just a little bit of a challenge, um, uh, a piece of writing that's always been important to me um, as a uh, one. You know, I don't in almost two years. I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast, but I am a lover of poetry. I have several very large uh, poetry books right down here. Um, when I was a kid, Edgar Allan Poe was my favorite, but I've just gotten into all kinds of different stuff. Um, Love Walt Whitman, Leaves of Grass is over here. Um, uh, Tennyson is, is a favorite of mine. Um, Emerson, but anyway, um, before we just go off listing all that, uh, you know, truth, beauty, objectivity, love, these are things that are real and can be known. They're discoverable by you. They have been revealed. Um, by through God's creation, you know, if, if if no one will worship, then the rocks and the trees uh, and the earth will sing out and, and worship God. That that's how this goes. Um, but man, there's 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 so much truth and beauty and love to be discovered by you. Um, you you just need to you need to be an adult and and go and get it and grasp it. Uh, but anyway, kind of fusing interest here. And I, I, I've always been, again, uh, a lover of poetry. Um, one of my favorite poems, it's a little bit of a longer one, so we're just going to do an excerpt, uh, is Ulysses uh, by um, Lord Alfred Tennyson. And so Ulysses is the the hero, the protagonist in um, what 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 is known as the Greek Odyssey, which is Odysseus, but in Latin, it's it's in Latin and in English and other traditions, it's um, Ulysses, uh, who, who's that same king. So the same character, the king of Ithaca, um, who's an adventurer and an explorer, but is also just this intense warrior, like a, like a bamf, you know? I'm not going to say what that is, but if you know, you know. Uh, so... Uh, Ulysses is 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 that BA dude, um, and he is near his expiration at the end of the poem uh, by Tennyson. Ulysses, uh, so he he's near the end, and he's kind of 
thinking about what comes next. You know, what what do I do? Uh, how how do I leave well? Um, yeah, that's a little small. Let me make it bigger for you guys. Um, and and they're they're getting ready to to push off to cast off on 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 just another voyage. You know, it could be the last. It it could not be the last. They could die. They could survive. It could be a conquest. And this is just how it ends. Um, this is this is you know from a fictional warrior, but from from a warrior's heart to all of you just as an inspiration as as something to be felt and 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 to do um this is what tennyson writes though much is taken much abides and though we are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven that which we are we are one equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate but strong in will to strive to seek to find and not to yield uh, so no, that is not just a line from a James Bond movie uh, that was not written by uh, James Bond's uh, screenwriters. Uh, uh, so I just watched the last uh, Daniel Craig Bond movie. It wasn't the best. Uh, for me, Skyfall is by far the best Daniel Craig Bond. Um, and honestly, Skyfall is just one of the best uh, Bond movies, period. And Skyfall is actually where. Uh, where M um, reads this in Parliament before they they go on the big crazy thing, and it's an old Bond movie, so at this point, you know, we're past the spoiler period. Uh, but she's captured and killed by that creepy bad guy with the missing like cheek thing from the cyanide gone wrong. Uh, yeah, but you know, my body hurts every day. I don't feel like exercising. I don't feel like moving heavy things, going on uh, long walks and marches. Um, you know, I there we have lots of reasons to to pack it up and and to do easy things and to make excuses. And man, just from an old, worn out, tired warrior king to say, hey, we're we've lost a lot. We've lost men, good men. We we've seen terrible things, but we we have a lot of things. We've earned the wrinkles. We've earned the aches. We've earned all of these things. That that's the 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 privilege and the wisdom of of growing old. Um, is is that you know these stripes are ours. We earn this, and we are going to move forward. You know, even though we're not our younger selves, even though we're we're not those people that did all these great things, um, he kind of says it is what it is. Like we we are us, and we can continue to do heroic things, even though we've been uh, made weak by time. And and of course, anyone any one of the warrior class has injuries from training or from actual combat. Um, but the challenges to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield, that is something that you can do. That is something that you must do if we are to win the culture war. And the heart of the culture war is what will be worshipped. 
what will be right and wrong in the United States? Ethical, moral question. Ethics uh, or morals is about, now ethics is about doing things right. Morals is about doing the right thing. Um, and and we, we've got so much debate over that. And it starts with actual culture. It starts with the thing that is worshipped. Are we going to worship sex, money, promiscuity, um, drugs, alcoholism, the the graphic, you know, abhorrent uh, imagery that is plastered all over our society, all over the internet, all over billboards and school books now and magazines? Um, or are we going to continue to worship these things? That is culture. That is the thing that's worship. Or are we going to correct it? Are we going to take it back? Are we going to get serious about our role as adults? Um, so, guys, it sucks. It takes discipline. And uh, very last thing I'll say, uh, before I say, make sure that you subscribe to Locals. I've been doing a little bit of a bad job getting... Uh, the most exclusive stuff on Locals, but I I am doing my Hangouts on Locals now, which is like a Zoom. Uh, so if you want to hang out with me in a Zoom meeting, you got to go over to thejoemobleyshow.locals.com. Um, no, that's not the right address. It's thejoemobleyshow.com slash locals. Um, yeah. Oh, the other address works too, thejoemobleyshow.locals.com. Uh, anyway, just Google The Joe Mobley Show. The Locals page will come up. Um, and also the link is below every episode, no matter how you're consuming it. Uh, so make sure that you go over there and engage in the community and just know, uh, no excuses, guys. No excuses. Uh, the Bible says, Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Uh, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. That's it. That's all I got. Not even going to explain anything about this. It's plain English, guys. It's here for you. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it breeds a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, a little bit of a different show. Uh, what does this mean? It doesn't mean that my show is going to turn into a Bible study or something like that. Um, but man, that I, I had to drive it exactly the way that we drove it today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it, and that is all I got. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.